This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. Tenor Rogelio Peñaverde Jr. has been living in New York for years, but he has practically never left home. Or rather, home has never left him. Raised on Kundimans, he has made it his mission to champion the Philippines' own art song that it may earn the recognition it deserves. This September, he continues that mission on our own shores as Peñaverde performs in Minamahal Kita, a Kundiman celebration of the Friends for Cultural Concerns of the Philippines. This year's installment, however, celebrates more than just Kundiman. Ranging deep into the gamut of Philippine love songs, the event also pays tribute to the country's new national artists. After all, Peñaverde tells us, all forms of art draw from and nourish one another. For its events, the FCCP also celebrates the talents of its own scholars. On this program, we are also joined by one such scholar, Jane Banta, usually heard on harp, but for this year's Minamahal Kita, will be accompanying on piano. With Banta and Peñaverde is the ubiquitous Martin Lopez, director of the FCCP's Scholarship Committee. Together, they tell us about the intensely romantic and distinctly Filipino character of the Kundiman, the history of Minamahal Kita, and more. Before we get into our conversation, here is a Kundiman from a previous event mounted by the Far Eastern University's Center for the Arts. Martin Lopez on piano, Adrian Ong on violin, and soprano Camille Cotagadad perform Hernani Cuenco and Levi Celerio's Gaano Ko Ikaw Kamahal.
I am Rogelio Pinaverde, but I am June because I'm a junior, which is the standard for any Filipinos who are a junior. I am a graduate of the UST, a scholar of the UST Alumni Association. And I was under Maestro Enigas. And then when the good Maestro passed away, I was under Sir Eugene de los Santos. After graduating, I moved to New York to pursue a scholarship at the Manhattan School of Music. And I'm still here. And I've been blessed to actually carve out a career doing opera, musical theater, and sacred music. And I'm still doing it now. And I'm very, very excited to go back home, especially after COVID, to do a show which is actually part of my deepest, I could say, advocacies as an artist, which is to promote the performance of Filipino music. My parents are bankers by profession. But back in the days, music was a huge part of our culture. Singing was a huge part. And my parents were actually singers who studied under Maestra Jovita Fuentes. And they would sing in operas, sarsuelas. And one of the things that I distinctly remember growing up was hearing them sing Kundimans. And I just fell in love with it. There's just really something beautiful. And of course, something that we as Filipinos, we can easily connect to the language, the music. So Philippine art songs has always been something that I love. And as an artist, I grew to love even more and really just want to let people hear because it's just beautiful and it's worth hearing. How does Kundiman compare, say, to the chanson or to the lead? Well, the most obvious one will have to be the language, of course. There is a notion that kundimans are all Tagalog. There's actually a very, very uh, beautiful repertoire of Visayan language kundimans also, which I personally would like to sing some more. So the language is definitely one of the more obvious differences. But also the form. You see... In the 20th century, when the Kundiman was elevated to the level of art songs, musicologists and historians pretty much agree that it's because of Maestro Nicanor Abelardo and Maestro Francisco Santiago. The form of the Kundiman is peculiar in that, well, let's start with the meter. It's in 3-4, which is usually the meter of a dance. That's why a lot of Kundimans are actually, if you hear them, there is almost like a dance element to it. And then the tonality, the harmony, it's very distinct. The Kundimans start with a minor tonality, then progresses to a major and then to a minor, which as far as I know, I haven't encountered any other nation's art songs that mindfully constructed their art songs according to that tonality. So you can say that these are, I guess, the most obvious ones. The piano part of the kundimans, I think they're more straightforward. I love the chords, actually. Mm. They distinctly sound Filipino. It also takes a certain Filipino spirit to be able to perform it the way it's supposed to sound. I remember in an orchestra, we performed this song again, and the conductor was not Filipino. Not to belittle the abilities of the conductor, but the feel was different. Yeah, because I've sang a lot of pandemons here, and it's just interesting also to know what the other pianists, other nationalities, think of the accompaniment. And one of the things that 
again, it's pretty obvious, uh, especially for those who sing and play a lot of condiments, is how the scores always play the melody. It's kind of rare to find in the leaders and the chanson where what's happening in the piano is usually really complementary to the music. Given that, they're also very intrigued by the intricacies of the middle harmonies. As Jane mentioned, there's a lot of accidentals. I have a pianist who does jazz, and she was saying, you know, these harmonies are almost jazzy. Aside from my parents, Tita Judy Mendoza, who's probably one of my most important mentors, was actually the, um, I could easily say she was the queen of Pandiman. She used to be the president of the Cerzuela Foundation, and she knew how to play Kundiman. Like, she could play it in her sleep. And she was the one who encouraged me to take music. It doesn't get any better than having someone who was right in the middle of it, talking to, like, Maestro Mike Villarde, talking how Walang Sugat should be played. Because as Jane said, one of the peculiarities of Filipino music is that, well, generally any music, but something that's really peculiar to Filipino music is that not everything is in the score. Even Nicanor Abelardo, who's probably the composer who puts the most in terms of directions on the scores, not even a score as intricate or as detailed as Mutyanang Pasig can give someone the idea of how Mutyanang Pasig is played. So it was such a blessing for me to work with Tita Judy because he, she could tell me exactly that. No, Mike Villarde didn't want it that way. <laughs> or Leopold Azilas didn't want it that way. He, he wanted. One of the things I remember that Tita Judy said in general about condimans, and she was saying, you can ask any composer of the condimans, the words take precedence over music. So she was always an advocate of singing the words the right way, even though it's notated a certain way. That is so peculiar to Philippine, you know, at least Philippine notation of art songs. It's almost as if you're doing musical theater pieces. It's a certain map, but you don't really sing it that way. Otherwise, you sound mechanical. You know, when the Julie would perform these pieces, it was all <laughs> in memory. Now that she's gone, look, how do we exactly. put it in notes? Right? How do we pass it on to exactly. a new generation of singers? And not just from the Philippines, but from abroad who want to, you know, learn our art songs. So June and I are actually envisioning an online repository of pieces for the Kundiman. And it will not just be the notes, but even sound bites of how it is sung. June, this is an FCCP concert. Sir Martin did say that you go back quite a ways. So tell us about your relationship with the FCCP and how you became part of this event. It started with Tita Judy and... When Martin came into the scene, we were so thankful because aside from him, it was really Tito Danny Dolor of the Tribong Filipino Foundation who was really advocating for the performance of Philippine music. And we were so happy when Martin came along and carried on the torch in a way. Although Tito Danny Dolor is still very, very actively producing shows, but it's nice to have more people just advocating. As you said, Daniel, we don't hear enough of it, but it's really something that Jane said. If you listen to, you know, it's Filipino. I personally feel I need to make them see that, no, it's not old, it's you. It's in your blood. It's, it's your music. It's your culture. 
that's why I'm so passionate about just letting people hear it because it's beautiful. What about you, Miss Jane? What is your relationship with the FCCP? When I was about to study in the States, this was all very last minute and I was not prepared for it. What happened actually was I inquired about the HAR program in Peabody. My teacher, um, she directed me to the school where I ended up, State University of Fredonia. So I just auditioned for that. Everything was so last minute. I didn't even think that I would get in. I had to look for sponsors within a few months. Until the last minute, I wasn't sure that my visa would get approved. This is where Martin and FCCP helped me. I got the sponsorship of FCCP and also of Martin Lopez when I was already studying there. So it greatly helped me with my daily expenses. So it's not just the tuition, but when you study in the States, hardly anything is for free. I am very thankful to Martin and the FCCP for their help. And of course, the help did not stop there. When I got home, I was so happy to be given performance opportunities by the FCCP. Oh, 
We heard soprano Camille Cotagadtad and baritone Joseleo Logdat in Ruben Tagalog's Minamahal Kita. We continue with our interview. We go back almost a decade and a half. We, yeah. we had these Canadian yeah. concerts in Manila for the Friends for Cultural Concerns of the Philippines in the penthouse of one of our past yes. presidents. And then we had a bigger version of it in a Visayan tour. That was something that really etched itself in our minds and hearts, just coming up with these concerts and reaching out to newer generations of audiences. Last year, we revived it in the height of lockdown as a way of celebrating National Heroes Day. Our composers are also heroes. And that's literally too, because we do have some composers who were out there in the battlefields and also composing during the Philippine Revolution. We also said that the Kundiman as a love song was not just for one's beloved, but it could really be a beloved family member, a mother, a parent. But the beloved also extends to God, to the country, and definitely to heroes like composers. Minamahal Kita started last year in the pandemic with, of course, June leading the way. But we also featured other FCCP scholars as well as the FEU Dance Company and the FEU Chorale. So I'm putting my two hats together. But in the past, the FCCP would also fund scholars from both of these groups. So there was actually a nice thread weaving all of these artists together. Now that we are having the performance live, we're also getting another batch of FCCP scholars to perform. This year's Minamahal, how does it expand on last year's program? Last year, when Martin thought about the project, we were really thinking more of Kundimans in the strictest sense, because a lot of people would refer now to, for example, which strictly it's not. There's an argument also where you still limit kundimans to this certain definition, or as culture is expanding, do you say, yes, maybe that is. So that's an ongoing argument. But anyway, just to be, <laughs> in a way, pure about it, I was discussing with Martin for this next run, why don't we include other art songs? Why don't we include other love songs that are considered art songs already? And then an opportunity came when he said that the FCCP wanted to use the concert also as a tribute to the national artists. That's when I thought, this is great because we can actually have a narrative. And I'm all for narrative, especially now, where you can develop somewhat a history, a continuity of Filipino love songs, where, you see, I was thinking you have national artists in the realm of film, of literature, of stage, of dance. And the thing about Filipino love songs is they're not one-dimensional. You can trace a lot of love songs develop either in conjunction, in collaboration, or out of different art forms. For example, one of the repertoire a love song that we're doing is Batu sa Buhangin, which actually came from a movie. So I thought if we can divide the show into subsections where you have the art songs then the theater songs, then the film songs, 
than the dance love songs. I think that would be interesting to see how everything actually worked in conjunction. And it was great because then you can tie it up to the recipients of the awards. A lot of them are actually crossover to different genres of art. What about choosing the collaborating artists? We wanted to get more FCCP scholars to participate. That, that was definitely non-negotiable. And since the lockdown began, we've been featuring different FCCP scholars in online recitals and other events. So we wanted to give others a chance to also perform. We have 26 scholars right now. We had to look for artists also who would fit the concept and fit into the different subcategories for the program. Kundiman and Filipino Art Song is an advocacy of yours. What do you want your audience to take away from this event? First of all, I want them to have an opportunity to hear how beautiful their own works are. If they hear these songs, they will realize that there is a connection that they have to it. And that connection is, it's palpable. It's something real. Because of the language and because, as Jane mentioned, the music is just distinctly Filipino. I really cannot get why they're not hearing it enough. And then secondly, I want them to feel a certain pride in hearing it because that's who they are. We're such warm-hearted people. And there's no better expression of love than music. You know, as a Filipino, we have that which we can share to the world. And the world is more than ready to eat it up. It's always nice to be able to preserve this, a country's art form. And also just frequent performance of these songs would put these kundimans more in everyone's consciousness. And that is very important that you're just living this and it's a part of your life. You know, as a pianist, I would like to take the opportunity to pay more attention to the lyrics of these songs. And I would like to appreciate also the kundimas, not just for the music, which is my first instinct, but also for the text. And I hope the audiences would do that as well. Also, a big part of these Filipino concerts would also be the Filipiniana attire. As a female musician, I am excited to be able to wear Filipiniana also, which is different from our usual concert attire. We will also be exhibiting ternos of FCCP members in conjunction with the music. It's always great to have all these art forms shown at the same time. So that's one of the things I'm also looking forward to. It's also an appreciation, of course, of the music and of our performers. It's an appreciation for our new national artists and the work that they have done and continue to do. Tying in with what Jane just mentioned about a display of Filipiniana outfits. And the Filipiniana outfit is not just your typical butterfly sleeve gown, but there are also Filipiniana outfits for men. And it can also be in a whole variety of Filipino weaves. So we would like our audiences to also appreciate the display of Filipiniana outfits of members and guests that will be around the CCP Main Theater Lobby. And in particular, those created by 
our new National Artist for Design, Salvation Lim Higgins. We hope that there will be continued interest in our Filipino love songs. And tied to that, we will have a master class where Jun will share his own thoughts and knowledge and interpretations of Kundiman leading up to our concert at the CCP as a way to help promote it further. As was mentioned before, a lot of the execution of the Kundiman is oral tradition. So what I wanted to share was the knowledge that I got from working really with people who worked firsthand with the composers.
That was tenor Rogelio Peñaverde Jr. performing Francisco Santiago's Madaling Araw. Earlier, we heard performances by soprano Camille Cotagaddad, baritone Jose Leo Lugdat, violinist Adrian Ong, and Martin Lopez at the piano for the FEU's Center for the Arts. They perform again for Minamahal Kita, the art of Filipino love song, mounted by the Friends for Cultural Concerns of the Philippines. Today's guests were tenor Rogelio Peñaverde Jr., harpist and pianist Jane Banta, and FCCP Scholarship Committee Director Martin Lopez. Minamahal Kita happens September 15 at the Cultural Center of the Philippines. For more information, visit the FCCP Facebook page at facebook.com FCCP79. That is all for this Maestro Filipino. DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Monday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening. <laughs>